Welcome, everyone, back to the Second Shot All-American Golf Podcast. I am Tom, here as always with my co-host, Phil. Phil, how are you doing today? Tom, I am good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm cold. It's a winter. I don't like it. Can't go out and play golf. Um, it's a bummer. We got spoiled this year, I think. We deserved it after the year 2020 has been. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we have a, a short little intro today. We'll, we'll get to the interview pretty soon here. Just a, a couple quick notes. We will not be hearing from Devin today. There's not much golf to be or fantasy golf to have gambling on. Um, he also bet the Browns plus three on Monday. So he said he might not gamble ever again. And, and if anyone who watched that, they, they know why. <laughs> Go Ravens. <laughs> but... Uh, Today, we do have a fun conversation with the Millers. They are the family who basically run the greenskeeping um, out at Snow Hill Country Club. Now, we understand that um, Snow Hill Country Club is is right on that fringe of what we were talking about in the beginning when we said we would talk about golf courses in the Cincinnati area within that hour, you know, time, you know, from the city, but... It is right on that hour mark, and we think it's a golf course that people should go see, and they're an interesting family, and, and you'll love the interview, and you'll learn a lot of things today, um, and, and we're excited that uh, to have them on. Phil, what did you what did you think of the interview we had today? For what the course is with the amount of staff they have, it is simply incredible. And I promise if you... Any listeners have the opportunity to play it, you will be very pleasantly surprised. And when you realize that they really only have four, maybe five employees, that course looks extraordinary. Yeah, so, it's, it's impressive. And Tom's gotten to play it a few times. I grew up playing it, especially after my freshman year of high school. Um, it, it's just, it's a, it's a very fun, interesting course and one that you will definitely want to go back to. Yeah, and I mean for people, especially some of a you know the East Siders, maybe somewhere around that Mason, Loveland, um, Blue Ash area. I mean you're within 45, 50 minutes. It's not too bad of a drive. You know where I'm at, maybe a little longer, probably more around you know an hour, hour ten somewhere in there. But I mean, what I would suggest to people especially on maybe a long summer day, go play 36 holes, make a weekend out of it. They do have stay and play packages. There's, there's room to stay at their inn or clubhouse. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would absolutely recommend it to anyone, even if it's an hour drive and just a day trip, uh, definitely go up there and give it a shot. And fix your ball marks as you will figure out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, with that being said, we appreciate all the support um, that everyone's been giving us this year. Um, this will probably be definitely the last episode of 2020. But we hope everyone has a very happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, um, whatever you do, celebrate. 
And uh, we're looking forward to the new year and, and what it brings to this podcast. Yes, happy holidays, everybody, and thanks for listening. Now on to our conversation with the Millers. Welcome back, listeners. For this episode, we have three individuals as our guests. The first guest we have is Dave Miller. He is the superintendent at Snow Hill Country Club, along with his wife, Joni. And we have their son, Kyle, with us as well. Joni is Dave's right-hand wall man, and unlike her son, she swings right-handed. She wanted us to point that out. And Kyle is also right at Dave's aid, and he is a jack-of-all-trades, and he is also an aspiring professional golfer. Uh, Throughout the interview, each are going to add valuable and interesting information in regards to golf course maintenance and what exactly goes into the process. So, Millers? Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks Thanks for for having us. us. Great to be here. Absolutely. So, Dave, first off, can you tell us a little background about yourself and the family and kind of about your journey uh, into golf course maintenance and how you became a superintendent? (laughs) Well, that's a good good question there. Um, I grew up in Columbus and uh, went to Ohio State. Graduated in 91, and my dad is, or was, um, he's emeritus, he was a, an extension entomologist at a high state, and he always wanted me to get into that field since all of his buddies and himself included were getting ready to retire. Um, but long story short, um, I... Uh, didn't do very well in school in that program. And when I was in school as a part-time job, I worked at the turf plots with my brother in the summertime. And basically, if you don't know what the turf plots are, is they do a lot of research for chemicals in the uh, golf and landscape um, industries. And so it's just basically cutting grass you know, cutting grass and working outside and all that stuff. So when uh, school didn't work well for me and the um, ag side of it to be an an extension guy, uh, we went ahead and uh, decided to go into uh, turf turf grass management. And upon graduating, um, I met Joni on one summer when we were there working at a landscape company and uh, hit it off. And so once we graduated, we went up to Toledo and I worked at Stone Oak Country Club as a second assistant, was there for two years. And about that time they were building Weatherington Country Club back in the, what would that be, late nineties. And the guy that I went to school with uh, was the superintendent there, Tim Tim Kelly, and uh, I got a hold of him and kind of wanted to go south, a little bit warmer, and uh, talked to him and asked if I could be his uh, assistant. So I went down there. He said yes. So I went to Weatherington for two years, and then in the meantime, you know, you always want to advance yourself. And my dad got uh, the Central Ohio. Golf Course Superintendents Association newsletter and said that uh, Snow Hill was looking for a uh, superintendent. And I applied for it 
and got the job that day. And now we're here. 20, 26 years later. 20, 20, 25 years later. 25 years later. It's quite the journey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went all, 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 of, all around the state of Ohio, central, northern, southern, and now here. So bringing us to Snow Hill, could you give us a little bit of background, maybe about the course and maybe a little bit of history to catch people up that maybe aren't from the area or haven't maybe played the course before? Okay. Um, the and there course, aren't many from the area. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would always say that we are a destination golf course. Um, being an hour from Columbus, an hour from Dayton, and an hour from Cincinnati. Um, the course originally was nine holes, built back in 1924. And from what I gather, in I think it was like in 88, 1988, they bought this adjacent farm. And it, they didn't really, I mean, they, technically it's the new nine, but it's not. It's actually 12 holes. So we have seven, seven original holes and 12 new ones. Um, and it opened up in 89 and became an 18-hole golf course. What were the uh, new holes? Uh, the new holes are two, two, three, four, five, six. And 11 through 18, besides 17. Well, part of, part of 17. Part of, part of 17. The 17 green's old, but yeah. um, half, half of the hole, yeah. since it kind of dog legs left, 90 degrees, it's, you know, it's some new and some old okay. type deal. You can definitely tell which greens are new and which greens are of the original course. Yeah. Right, right. Now, I... I I don't know who the original guy was that actually designed the golf course, but the rumor was because in 1924, I guess, um, I'm going to draw a blank, but, um, but anyway, um, uh, Donald Ross, Donald Ross was up in, I believe it was Miami Valley country club in Dayton. And then also in Portsmouth, Portsmouth Elks, I think around that time, so someone said that it was either him or his apprentice or something stopped by when they were going in between two of them and, and kind of um, designed a couple holes. Yeah. Designed a few holes. Kind of, kind of um, helped with the design of a couple holes. If you look at like number seven, seven's kind of sloped, humped. Wasn't like 10? No, um, 10, 10. Seven, and then they, they kind of said something about like number nine where, you know, you got bunkers, you know, blocking the the approach shots and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's holds true or not, but um, there was a lot of activity in 24 between Portsmouth and Dayton and we're like right in the middle of it. Yeah. I mean, I playing seven. Uh, I got stuck in a spot last time we played there. I, I could believe it. If Donald Ross designed that green, <laughs> I, yeah. I, could, I could believe it. <laughs> well, I mean, especially especially if you play in the summertime, you know, where like stuff's firm and you have like a front pen, yeah, or a back, even a back pen, you know. I we mean, had back left. Yeah, yeah, you're SOL. You're you're gonna be short sighted, you know. So especially if you go long, but. And about um about how many rounds a year do you guys do at Snow Hill? Um, we normally have done like around eleven thousand. Okay. But this year with COVID, it's been crazy. 
And I, I think that we're pushing 22 to 23,000 this year. I said every bit of that, yeah. Yeah. I don't have the exact numbers. Right. I, I'd have to get up there, but I know we've doubled. Yeah. We've doubled the rounds. Say, I always enjoy going out to Snow Hill in the afternoon because I know I can get on, but that wasn't always the case this year. <laughs> well, that's, how, that's how it was with us, too. You know, sometimes we'd go out on the weekends and play, and, you know, we wouldn't have to worry about a tee time, but we'd go out there and we couldn't find a hole to get out. You know, it's like we live on the course and we can't even get a tee time, you know. Can't even Seriously. go out on our own time. It was just, I mean, you know, it's good for the owner, but bad for us, you know. <laughs> That's the thing. In 25 years, this is the first year that we had to make tea times for us to go out and play. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Joni, I have a question for you. What's this yeah. journey been like for you? Um, did you know when this journey began that this was going to be a family affair? Or was this just something that you just went with the flow and it just happened? No, I, I kind of had a feeling that, that it was going to be a family affair. I mean, just because of my background, I um, went to school for landscaping. So then we just kind of fit hand in hand. And then I was only hoping that the boys would be interested in doing something like what we do, you know. And we're just lucky that Kyle is here with us. I feel fortunate to have him here helping us, you know. No. Um, yeah, for now. Don't know how long it lasts, but you know what? I take it while I have it. So, but yeah, it's it's good. You know, I was raised on a farm, so it was um, you know having family. It's it's about family working together, and to me, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Now, if anybody has never been to Snow Hill, you will realize that there are some very strategically placed flower beds. And the flowers are just absolutely gorgeous. Do you take all the credit for that, Joni? No, I cannot take all the credit for anything, no. Because we are such a good team. Everyone does whatever it takes to get stuff done. You're so. allowed to have a big but, but she does pick the flowers I do, out. I do plan them. And <laughs> I knew it. Else, but everybody helps does everything else that needs to be done. So, yes. She takes like 85% credit, so. She's being very diplomatic tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is, it is a team effort. You know, we, we, like I said, you know, when Joni was my right-hand woman that, you know, she sees things that I don't normally see and she'll remind me of it. She'll say, you know, hey, you, uh, I think this needs to be done and this needs to be done. And I'm like, oh. Okay, but I, then, I never noticed that. So okay, that's all right. But then there's also multiple times where dad's asking mom what's supposed to be done. So it's like who's really in charge? You know, it's like mom in charge. Is dad in charge? Like yeah, you don't, you don't know that. that. See, I wasn't gonna go there, Kyle. I'll go there. He's no, telling all my secrets now. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we're stuck now on the heart of winter here. What are some of the things you guys do to maybe prepare the course for the winter? And then what are some of the things you guys do to help make it be prepared for, you know, the spring or when it comes to spring, how do you get it back to, you know, what do you want it to be? Um, a lot, a lot of it's mother nature. I mean, it just, it kind of takes care of itself. Um, some of the stuff we do is there's a disease that happens in the wintertime, snow mold. And um, usually what we do at the last 
uh, mowing when we're done. It's usually around Thanksgiving time. This year was a little different because we were mowing a little bit after uh, the week after Thanksgiving. But usually Thanksgiving is the benchmark where we will go for our last cutting on the greens, tees, and fairways. And then on the greens, we protect those with a chemical to prevent a snow mold. And then also at that same time, we put down a, a growth regulator for seed heads. So um, the seed head, you wouldn't think that you would put something down in November to prevent the seed heads in the springtime. Seed heads are like for poannua. Um, they're the little pods that you get on the greens and stuff like that. that they actually have a chemical that will control that. Um, then the other stuff is, is basically, you know, making sure you drain your irrigation system and stuff like that. So your pipes don't freeze. Um, but other than that, then you just kind of let, let mother nature take care, take care of it. And then in the springtime, you try to get out as early as you can. You roll your greens, um, just because of the freezing and thawing, we'll, we'll kind of put, heave some stuff up. So before you get out there on your first mowing, you want to make sure you roll kind of smooth them out as best you can and then and then rock and roll for the springtime basically so this is for each of you can you kind of tell us about the hours during peak season uh what a typical day looks like for you all um well joni's the greens mower um she's got lights on her mower so and, I'll get out and there. She'll, I'll well, get out there about I don't know between five five thirty. Mow greens takes a couple hours to mow greens. Then I'll jump on a fairway mower and we'll mow fairways. Which twice, that, about twice a week. Twice a week we'll do that. That takes a couple hours, and then we do whatever else we need to get done. All the other mowing and weed eating and whatnot yeah we we just got some new fairway mowers and the reason we're saying this about doing it early is um they have like rear brushes on them and we can actually get out there when it's dewy and they don't clump up and then we have the lights on there so if our first tea time's at seven you know we try to get everything set up before that time so like i said joni will be out there early um Kyle usually goes out right at that time. He might go out a little bit early to do like a step cut or something like that. And, um, oh, with, uh, sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm telling what Kyle's supposed to be doing. Kyle's supposed to be doing his own thing. But, um, but I usually get out when it's daylight or so, um, to change cups. I can't change cups when they're, um, when it's dark out. And I try to change those three times a week um, type deal. And then, then like Joni said, after that, it's, it's just picking up stuff. You know, we could go out and weed eat. Um, certain days we do sand traps. Um, in the afternoon, in the afternoon, it could be, you know, watering flowers or um, trimming around sprinkler heads, just whatever needs to be done. So um, on a typical summer day, We'll get out there at five o'clock and we'll probably be done at three, um, something like that, two, three o'clock. And then if I have to go out and, and water in the evening time or or we have to do something else, you know, we'll just kind of with us living here on the golf course. It makes it really nice because we can come, you know, we can work early, come in the house, go back out, you know, it's a tight deal.
So how much staff do you have? Is it just you three or do you have some other um, employees who are able to help out in that scenario? We have we have one and and what do we say? Three quarter, three quarter, one and three quarter people. <laughs> no, it's three and three quarter. Well, I got another I got another guy that that helps me out full time, 40 hours a week. And then for my rough, I have a retired deputy sheriff that comes in and all he does is mow rough. And uh, he works about 30 hours a week. There's my three quarter guy. Yeah. So basically it's us three, another full time and then another part time guy. So four and a half, four and three quarter people. Four and three quarter. That's pretty nice to have a nice uh, a sheriff on your staff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's nice. It is nice. I think we needed him when the boys were in high school. I don't know. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have helped, too, you know. Hard work. <laughs> so, Dave, when you were coming up, or even, even now, are there any superintendents in the area or maybe growing up that were kind of like mentors to you or someone that you bounce ideas off of? Um, actually growing up, no, just because we, I bounced around a lot. But when I got here, um, you know, joining the, the, my, I belong to the Miami Valley golf course superintendents association. So I had a lot of guys up there, um, that I would actually talk to, um, Glenn Pottinger was one of them that he, uh, used to be the superintendent at Sugar Valley country club when I first got here. Um, but lately it's been, um, Craig Lemming from Wyoming has really, really taken me under the wing. Um, and I've bounced a lot of questions off of him. Uh, he recently, well, he's recently is going to retire from Wyoming. Um, but he's helped me tremendously, tremendously on, you know, just chemicals you use, timing, um, stuff like that especially for seed heads with POA. And uh, the big thing now is growth regulators. Everybody's into this growth, re growth regulators on their um, bent grass, your greens, teas, fairways. And he's kind of helped me out with formulas and, and stuff like that. So he's been a tremendous help lately in the last probably four or five years. And what exactly is a growth regulator? Growth regulator, well, is actually, it's a, it's a superintendent's friend. Um, it's actually a chemical that will actually slow down the vertical growth of bent grass and even bluegrass also. But, you, you know, to treat the rough, you, you know, you might be 50 acres, whereas greens is my greens are about four acres. Um, I got about 20 acres of fairways and three acres of teas. So, you, you know, you're probably talking, you know, 27 27 acres that you actually have to regulate and um and it's it's nice you know it, it it instead of having a vertical growth where the you know it'll go straight up it'll actually grow sideways so when you get divots on there it helps with the healing of the divots because it makes the grass grow sideways um, a lot more so uh, kyle this is really for you and then i want dave and joanne to chime in what are some of your favorite courses in the area, Kyle? And for Dave and Joni, for your favorite courses, do you try to implement anything from those courses into Snow Hill? 
So, like, when you mean area, do you mean, like, Columbus, Cincinnati, or just, like, Clinton County in general? Cincinnati area. Cincinnati area? Um, I just recently, well, not recently, but a couple months ago, I played um, Kenwood. Kenwood was a really nice track. Um, Ken View or Ken Dale? Do you remember which one you played? Uh, it was Ken View, the okay. one against 71, yeah. Okay. Um. I had a swing coach when I was in college. He worked at Western Hills. I played there a couple times. I love Western Hills. Um, that's really that's really it in the Cincinnati area for me. Um, and what well, what about what about in your area? Like at least around or close to where you guys are. Um, Besides Snow Hill, obviously. I mean, you play Mirfield. Well, we got a nephew. That's, we got a nephew. <laughs> that's not that's not in our area. Columbus. Still, I mean, we're an hour. That's bragging rights. Right. You're allowed to say it. When we think of area, I mean, we're an hour from right. Cincinnati, Dayton, or well, I mean, Columbus, if, if that's so. the case, then I've played. Um, where'd you work at? Weatherington. Weatherington. I mean, I have a buddy there that's like an assistant pro now, and he used to play golf at um, Mount St. Joe. Michael Merker. Um, he got me and one of my friends out there. I think that was like beginning of the fall and that was my first time ever playing. I love the track. Um, but yeah, like dad said, you know, Mirfield, I'm fortunate to have a cousin that's a member out there. Um, and I played in the U S open qualifier. Was that two years ago? Two years ago. Now I played up at, um, Oh, Makatiwa. No, um, Kinsale, Kinsale country club. Well, I played there with that's, Phil. That's a nice track. Very nice. Very tough. Tommy didn't like the length. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's when long. I played, when I played, it was about fifty degrees with fifteen mile per hour wind and a little bit of rain. So you know, it's perfect Mount St. Joe playing weather, qualifying weather. So I was, I was, I was pretty stoked about that. I made the leaderboard, but you know, I missed the cut. But that's it's all good. It's hindsight. So, but I'd say that's probably about it for me. I mean, other in my area in Clinton County, I mean, if I have Soho at my disposal, so I see no point in going elsewhere. You know, I mean, that's just my opinion. So, well, toot your own horn. You are the 797 Elks Club champion, correct? That was two <laughs> years ago, yes, sir. Yeah, so don't give me that nonsense. <laughs> Dave and Joni, what are some of your favorite courses in, uh, say, the Cincinnati, Columbus area? Um, I, I, I think they see, get up, they get out and play more than what I do, you know, cause yeah, no. they have, they have friends in high places. No, no, <laughs> no, we, we don't, we seriously don't play a whole no. lot of places. I mean, we played Sugar Valley up in Dayton. Um, we have played, I played, um, Kenwood with, with Kyle. We played Makatiwa trying to think some of the other courses you know we played Mirfield, played um dublin country the dublin yeah. golf club of dublin golf club of now dublin. that was a nice course up in columbus i played that uh, with my brothers and, and kyle and stuff um and and to answer the second part you know if we ever try to take things away from um those courses oh yeah oh we we do we kind of see how like maybe how their bunkers are are done or are not how, done or not yeah. or not done. <laughs> we are we are a bit well not we but mom is more of a critiquer than anyone. 
So, you know, if they see weeds and sand traps or sand trap edges not done, you know, they're kind of oh, like, oh, my gosh, you know, trees not mowed around. They'll notice that stuff. But. I would have never guessed that about Johnny. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, tr we do try to take some, you know. I mean, you know, we obviously we don't have the budget, and that's the big deal with, with other courses and our courses. You know, you got to go within your limit and – and we all that stuff but, but we try to take some stuff um you know maybe mowing patterns um how how they mowed around certain areas and and stuff like that so i think one of the biggest changes i had it was subtle but you guys recently put a fringe around tens green within the last 10 years i'd say and that yeah. was one of the biggest changes i saw visually yeah. Because I was up on that collar 99% of the time because I don't you like getting that, greens that in the big, center. What is that? Oak tree or whatever in the front left? Uh, it's hickory. actually a hickory. hickory. I don't know my trees. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you know, you have that block in the whole left side. So if you have a pen on the left and then you have a bunker on the right side of the green, I mean, what do you do? You know? And, Hit and the you trees. Go, you, yeah. No, you come up short. You land on the fringe. Yeah. Ten, ten's tough. You know, ten's one of those other original greens that that was designed you know i think but but yeah with the step cut you know you try to you try to emulate other courses and and maintenance wise you try to do whatever you can and fortunately we were able to get a step cut around and convince the owner to buy us a piece of equipment that would actually do that and make it easy and um and quick to do that and he loves it you know, and and uh, and he said that you know why why didn't we do this before? You know, and I said, well, you know, the equipment, you know, a little bit of equipment will go a long way. It's true, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So oh, you guys good. coming back to Snow Hill, and you guys were just discussing a little bit there. What are some of your personal favorite aspects of the golf course? Any favorite holes um, that you have at the course as well? My my favorite is eleven, uh, and I and to this day, you know, I've been here twenty five years, and when I go around and change cups, you know, and I'm on eleven green, looking up, back towards the fairway, I, I just always I always just I like the layout, I like the design of it, and then sometimes like if I'm up by the tee and I come down, and I've seen a lot of guys do this because we got a lot of public play, first time public play this year that guys will hit their tee shot on 11 and once they get to that shot and then you see the, the, the pond and in the golf course on that side, you know, I always, I always say that that's a million dollar view right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you look at your, at your drive on number 11 in your second shot into the green and you just yeah. kind of look around cause you're almost at the highest point of the golf course. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I like, I like 11 and it, every time I do there, changing cups and I see it, it never gets old. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to second that, you know, I mean, Bobby, the owner is, um, he's big on like eye candy stuff. So if you've never played snow Hill, like all our ponds have riprap rock, like these kind of like bigger rocks around the ponds. So, you know, like dad said, you know, you hit your tee shot on 11, um, and then you get to your second shot and you just see there's, there's a big pond where dad gets all his irrigation from. And then we have like a smaller pond with kind of a fountain. 
you know, you just come up to that and it's just, I mean, it's very, very nice. And you can see obviously 12, um, look across the pond, you see 14 green and stuff like that. So I, I have to agree with 11. Yeah. I think 11 is probably one of the, one of my favorite holes out there. I mean, I might bogey it nine out of 10 times, but you know, that's, that's all right. <laughs> and then also you can kind of see the neighboring farms and, and barns and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it's, it's nice. And then you get a nice sun sunrise yeah coming through there and if you're on the green you see a sunset it's it's a nice that I, that's probably my best hole right there Joni, do you have a favorite hole or do you agree i agree with them um i think i i take a lot of pictures well anyway my favorite green where i'll notice really like the sunrises i when i get to 12 green i like to look across the pond on 12 green and just look across there see the sun coming up and it's just if if no one has ever worked on a golf course and have been out there that early in the morning to enjoy the views that you see in the morning i mean there's there's nothing better i mean it's it's just it's a lot of times i mean it's just you got to take in the nature and just enjoy it and you see the deer playing first thing in the morning you stop what you're doing just to watch the deer I mean, I might not stop if Bobby ever hears us. I don't, I'm working all the time. Bobby. <laughs> I don't know if you're listening or what, but um, I'll stop. I'll stop for a while and watch what the deer are doing. You know, I, I pay attention what's going on. So you got to enjoy it. <laughs> and Dave, you mentioned a lot of new public play this year. Is there something that as a superintendent, uh, maybe that you see that the public does not Maybe it's poor etiquette, whatever it may be. Something that could be improved upon that maybe can give you a kind of headache in the morning when you're seeing maybe divots on the green or other certain things that you see that uh, maybe people can improve on in terms of etiquette. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the first and foremost is ball marks. Um, I, I don't think that people are educated enough on ball marks, um, how, to, how to fix them. Um, a lot of times, you know, some of our greens – with the rain and all that stuff, they're, they're soft. And, um, a lot of times when they fix the divot, they'll, or ball mark, they'll bring the dirt up to the top instead of pushing it down and bringing it, you know, bringing the grass over. And then lately I have seen that, um, like if you, if, if the public had hit an errant shot and it landed on the green, they'll, they'll hit the shot from the green instead of moving their ball off of the green and then one there was one hole where the guy took like two practice swings before he hit so there's three there's like three divots luckily he wasn't like really really good it took big divots but sorry he had he had big he had big slices right there it was 13 it's like he hit his ball on number five and hit on the 13 green and was hitting back over the woods or the thicket to get to five green again and there's three shots, there's three <laughs> chunks taken out of the green. You know, and I'm like, come on, guys, if you just move it up to the to the fairway or the fringe or something like that, you know, it wouldn't be as bad. And, well, then you yeah. have also people driving through sand traps and stuff like that, you know. I mean, like, come on, man. I, I think those are the biggest thing is, is the ball marks not being replaced and then taking divots out of greens, like hitting their shot like it's – in the rough and in the fairway. Or they get mad and they 
slam, slam, slam their, their club, club into yeah. the green. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not as bad. I think I think the ball marks are the worst. They're, they're all pretty bad. So. <laughs> so the weekend warriors need to pay a little bit more attention. That's oh, yeah. really, oh, really yeah. the the big kicker there. Kyle, what does since you are an aspiring professional golfer, what does Snow Hill offer to you as a higher level player? And what can Snow Hill offer as well to the middle to high handicappers as well? Um, I think to me, playing Snow Hill, I mean, it's not like super long by any means, you know. I mean, it's only 6,500 yards from the tips, you know. So, I mean, it's really club selection. You know, you can play multiple clubs on different holes, you know. So, like, number one, it's kind of a – it's a dogleg left par five, probably about what, 530? Something like that. So, I can either hit probably a three iron to driver. You know, so that's three different clubs right there. I can play it three different ways, you know, and there's multiple holes I can do that with. Um, and then you get up around the greens, you know, you miss a green, you got to be able to get up and down. Um, our greens aren't the biggest. So, I mean, hitting greens is necessary, and I'm not one that hits all the greens and stuff like that. Um, but then, you know, you get to the the middle to higher handicappers. I mean, it brings it back to distance, you know. it's It's shorter. Um, for the most part, all the holes are right out in front of you, minus maybe one or two, um, if you've never played the course, um, stuff like that. But, um, I mean, I think that's really it. I mean, the only thing with the blue tees, because I always play the blue tees, it's the par threes is what gets you. You know, you have the second hole is, yes, it says 186 yards on the scorecard, but people don't know that it plays slightly uphill. So you're looking at 190, 195 and majority of the time the wind's into your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to number six, that's 223 yards to the middle. You get a back right pen. You're looking at 235, 240 and then number eight, 250 downhill. Um, and then 12, 12 is only 160, but you know, you have water on the right with me being left-handed, you know, a, a nice little pole. You're in the water, you're in the drink. Um, and then you get to 15, 15 200. So, I mean, I, the par threes, I think. Um, that one's uphill, too. And that's that's even uphill, but that's downwind for the most part. For the so, most I part. mean, but still, yeah, I think I think the par threes, par threes are what gets people, you know. People see those, see it on the scorecard that's only 6,500 yards, and people play the blue tee. I've seen multiple times. People tee off on one, barely get to the fairway on one. They're like, oh, you know, we'll be fine. And next thing you know, like four or five holes later, we see him playing the gold tees. So it's like, okay. So then they see it, and then they realize. So, but I, that's a, that's what I think. It. I think distance distance has a lot to do with it. I something I've noticed about Snow Hill is having somebody who's played the golf course before in your group is a major advantage. Because golf course knowledge at Snow Hill is tremendous, especially yeah, yeah. around the green. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that 100%. So what goes into determining green speeds? Is it just something you guys do standard, or is it something where Kyle's like, I got a tournament coming up, let's speed these things up? <laughs> <laughs> they don't base it off of me. I've tried telling them multiple times, but they just don't listen. It's all about Kyle. It's all about Kyle. It's all, yeah. 
or unless there's high school golf teams out there and you see uh, five, six wiggles out there, then you know you need to slow them down, right? Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, I mean, I, I, I think personally um, maintenance budget determines your uh, – not, not, not 100%, but is a, is a big determination of green speed. Um, the faster, the faster the greens, the more maintenance you need to do to them. Um, meaning inputs, you know, your water inputs, because, you know, you can't have a wet green run 11 or 12. They're going to be a lot drier. Um, they're almost on the verge of um, dying basically. And you've seen that on tournaments, you know, when the, PGA gets out there and they're in a tournament in July. Thursday. On Thursday, greens look great. Sunday, you can tell they're starting to turn purple, uh, but they're running 13 on the stem, 13, 13 and a half, you know. And that's another thing, too, that people see. They, they, want, they want Sunday greens because they see it on the, on the PGA on television, but you can't do that 365 days a, a year. So – so the biggest thing is to, to determine green speed is, is basically what you feel the superintendent feels is his limit of what he can do before he kills the greens. Plus, with us having undulated greens, you know, I mean, you can't really have them rolling about 11, maybe 12 on the stem. You know, you kind of have them kind of have got to have them slower. You know, I mean, you get on a hill, you know, it might roll off it, you know, like before you even put it. And plus with us having the public play, you know, not everyone wants those quick greens and stuff, but you well, can't I mean, you they, can't satisfy everyone to say the least. That's what it is. But another thing too with the green speeds is, you know, back to what we talked about at the beginning is with growth regulators, that also helps. Cuz if you shut the if you shut the growth down and and you're able to get out there and and mow at a certain height and then another tool that we have used is rollers. Rollers have become a big part of golf course maintenance lately. When I say lately, I said probably about the last 10 years that roller um, usage on golf course, any, any type of golf course, um, public, high-end, um, daily fee type deal has become tremendously uh, more popular. And that helps too. Um, that, that you can roll and as long as they're smooth, you know, they can roll out an extra foot or so and, and stuff like that. So, um, hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, it's perfect. How often do you have to roll the greens? As much as you want, but you know, it, and, and that, and that, and that comes, that comes down to budget because we only have four people. It's more manpower for you us. You know, it, we got four people to maintain 100, well, I, I say 160. Whole, the whole property is 160 acres, but we probably maintain 100 of it, um, maybe a little bit more. Um, that I, I try to get out and roll at least three times a week in the summertime. It's a lot harder in the springtime because we're trying to mow rough, trying to get stuff weed-eated, um, stuff like that. Um, but we try to... And I, I would love to roll every day if I so could. So if you if know I anyone could. that wants to work on a golf course, um, <laughs> we can give you the number. And as long as you know some knowledge about it, 
we'll we'll hire you on the spot. We <laughs> <laughs> didn't know we're going for jobs at this. Hey, why not? Why not? Our first job posting on the podcast. We'll take it. There you go. <laughs> we're marketing, Tom. How about that? <laughs> So, guys, we like to ask this to every one of our guests. If you've listened before, I'm sure you might be might have been waiting for it. But uh, us Cincinnati folk love Skyline Chili. So we would love to ask, what are your Skyline orders? I I get a five-way. Oh, that's a, a first. Cheese, and, then a, and then a cheese coney. Um, Mom, Mom doesn't like Skyline. I have to admit, I'm not a big fan of Skyline. I'm kick, sorry. kick her off. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. We were waiting for it. I was waiting for the first person to be like, I like Gold Star better or something like that. So this is good. There's nothing wrong no, with that she, at all. She doesn't even like Gold Star. I don't Star. even like Gold Star. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my dad doesn't even like chili, so he, does, he doesn't oh, like it either. It's fine. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a cheese coney guy. I get the extreme cheese, and then I always get a side of fries with the extreme cheese melted on it. <laughs> Or the habanero cheese or whatever it is. Yeah, you're oh, like my wife. She's like, order the extreme cheese. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll say it. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> habanero cheese. It's it's a game changer. Does that help you get the ball farther, Kyle? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Phil, do you have any other questions? I do not. We really appreciate you guys coming on. It was a pleasure to have you. What well, thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah, I hopefully, we see you guys out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you hey, come out and play Snow Hill. Absolutely, I encourage everyone to do so. If you do want to learn more about Snow Hill, please visit snowhillcountryclub.com. If you see Dave, Joni, or Kyle out there at Snow Hill, please give them a wave. Tell them you heard them on the pod. Tell them you loved them on the pod. <laughs> and uh, and thank fix you. your ball mark. And fix yeah. your ball yeah. mark. Fix, fix your divots. Divots too. Yeah, <laughs> replace your. You know another thing too. You got one or the other. Either sand a divot or replace it, but don't do both. You heard it here first. <laughs> thank you, thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, thank you. See, See ya. ya. See ya. See ya. Hey everyone, Tom here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Second Shot All American Golf Podcast. Please don't forget to like our Facebook page as well as follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SSAA Golf Pod. If you have any questions or feedback, please reach us at secondshotallamericanpod at gmail.com. And if you could, just please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks, guys. Um.